The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fixers Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Talk some betting trends, looking ahead, as we do several times throughout the week at the following week's odds. These are week 10 odds. Joining me to do so, Tyler Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. What's up, buddy? What's going on? How are you doing? I'm good. Long I'm on a this week. It's, I'm, I'm on a bunch of these with you. I know you really are. Yeah, welcome to you. Just, you've, been, uh, you've been wrangled in. <laughs> hey, hey. Could be, I mean, I guess it could, be it. could be worse. Could be, could be better. Could be worse. Um, with st- <laughs> I still can't get over the Jim Mercy press conference. By the way, it's all I can think about. Unbelievable! It's so awesome with the the upper quadrant of the upper quadrant, quadrant or quartile. Upper quadrant, upper, or, no, it's upper quartile of the top quartile of the upper quartile. I might like, change my Twitter profile to that. It is residing it is, in the upper quartile. Of the top it was the upper quartile of the upper quartile of, of press conferences for sure. It was the upper quartile of the top quartile of the upper quartile for press conference. Absolutely. Um. Anyway, let's talk some betting trends. We begin with the Seahawks and the Buccaneers playing in Germany. Mm. Um, you know, you think they could play that game like not like like I don't know, not six a.m. in Germany. Is that what it would, is that what it would be? It's pretty early. Three thirty? No, no, three thirty p.m. local. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say it's early for us. It's it's. I think it's nine thirty a.m. for us. But I mean, you could. No, no, no. I know what it is. It's it's like six thirty a.m. body clock time for the Seahawks. Sure. Okay. Which is so, not yeah, whenever ideal. they have to get over there, or if they're over there, I honestly don't even know what what their flight schedule is. But yeah, now that's a little little off. But ultimately, what would you say six o'clock their time, like p.m. Yeah, I don't know. Bump that up a little bit. Call it an eleven a.m. a noontime start. Yeah, they throw something. Yeah. I mean, they got to interfere with the ones one o'clocks, but still. I'm actually looking at their. John Boyle of Seahawks.com. Uh, the Seahawks will leave Wednesday to head to Munich where they will face the Buccaneers. The first NFL game played in Germany. So, man, that is... So you're leaving Wednesday. 
It's like an NFL bowl game, Pete Carroll said. You pick up everything and you go. Texas, we did it. We did it really well last time. We learned a lot. Matt Capur is the star player in this whole thing. He makes nothing work. Really, we're going to get on the bus, get on the plane. We'll sleep a little bit longer. We'll be in a different country. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, I'll tell you this, though. The the NFL did the the players or the people who cover them dirty. I mean, you're going there in November and not October? Yeah. Not October? Come on. Come on. Um, Pete Carroll said this week's plan is, quote, really close to what the team did for the London game, including the Wednesday evening departure that thanks to the nine-hour time difference between Seattle and Germany puts the team in Munich the following afternoon. And like four years ago, the Seahawks would start their practice on Tuesday, usually a week day off for players rather than Wednesday, meaning they'll have gotten in two full days of work and practice before leaving town. So they're basically trying to keep it exactly the same as they did four years ago. Um, whoa. The Seahawks have one of the biggest fan bases of any t- NFL team in Germany. Did not know that. Hmm. Pete Carroll said somebody told me he got 3 million requests for tickets. Okay. That's insane. All right. All right. Big Seahawks get fans over there. I, I'm not, I'm not hating it. I guess so. Um, any, uh, <laughs> anything. Okay. I don't even think taking well, trends away from this. Well, this is, well, this is kind of a, you know, kind of an interesting thing then because, you talk about how good the Seahawks have looked this year. First place in the NFC West. Geno Smith is like a legitimate MVP candidate. Everything that we've seen from the Buccaneers so far, outside of 40 seconds at the end of the game last week, tell you that they're not a good football team. I think anybody would say that Seattle at a neutral site would be favored, right? But they're getting at two and a half points. That feels real fishy to me. Yeah. I mean... Especially I don't know. When you I mean, I like, there's a lot of Seahawks fans. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's probably maybe more of a Seahawks game. It was one though, and it's moved to two and a half. Yeah. Um, by the way, the uh the the Bucks will leave on their nine hour flight, as we discovered via the you know, the the the, the wonders of the uh the globe and the natural physical uh, roundness of Earth, that it's actually only like two hundred miles further for the Seahawks than the Buccaneers because the Bucks are so far south and close to the equator that I'm serious like the circumference like to go all the way up to Germany like where Seattle's just going straight across so he's jumping like, onto the jet stream and, and doing all no, that no, no. It's just like the, no it's like because the the further up on earth you go the shorter the circumference because the earth is not a sheet of paper it's not flat it's not flat wow yeah I know but no so like I mean I can actually show you with this helpful um, wow, I feel like I'm in class. This is great. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is why you watch on YouTube, folks. So, yeah, if, if, you, if you see this on, yeah, yeah. If you're on Tampa, you're going from here all the way up to here to Germany. Whereas if you're in Seattle, you're going straight across. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, sure. And so, as a result, like the, 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 like when, like the distance required to travel from Tampa up, it, like the, 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 the closer you are to the center of the earth, the median point, the equator, the, the further you have to travel. Like, I if you were traveling from India to uh, Mexico, that's a long-ass way. Yeah. Whereas if you're flying from Iceland to England. I just can't believe you had a globe, like, ready to go. That was awesome. Actually, the third time I pulled it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's like me. Um, it, it was so you're saying So you're saying flights won't really make a huge difference. To- it, it like You would think Tampa is so much closer yeah. to Germany, but it's really not that much closer just because of the equator. Um, and if if the Bucks are leaving on Thursday, let's see the travel schedule. I'm curious. Just, um, I'd like to, I mean, I'd like to know. 
If you're leaving, if you're leaving Thursday, it means you're probably arriving on Friday. I like the Seahawks in this spot. I'm a big, I'm a big, I vastly prefer the team that has more time. More, I think I prefer the team that has more time to adjust to being there. Maybe. Sure. And I also just think the Seahawks are better, which I feel like is so weird sure. getting, getting two and a half points. I mean, that's why I think that, you know, I, I led this off in the chat this morning. It just, this feels like a fishy line to me because if you were telling me that this is a neutral side game, I'd tell you that the Seahawks should be the one laying the two and a half against the Buccaneers team, who is a league worst two, six and one against the spread. They have mm. not been able, they've not been a, a good bet this year. Meanwhile, Seattle Six and three straight up, six and three against the spread as a dog, five and two against the spread. Everything's pointing Seattle except for the line. And that's what concerns me a little bit. It, it's moved a, a full point and a half, too, towards the Bucks. Yeah. It was Tampa minus one. I thought it would kind of get to a pick them and not, not, and it went the other way, which is very bizarre. It's do you, and do you think that it was that really was it that 40 seconds of? We see the old Brady, and they go, okay, this is, we're going to bank on this being the turning point for the Buccaneers, and they're going to Germany, and here we go, we're off to the races? Because, I mean, that's the only thing that I can really think of. Because even before that, they weren't that great. You know, they weren't moving the ball particularly great. Yeah, is it is it possible that this is um, they, people looking and saying, man, the Bucks, you know, Bucks are going to stop the run. Seattle's not going to be able to do what they want in that run game. The Bucks will be able to pressure Geno a little bit, and uh, and maybe you know we we don't see Seattle quite as dominant. Oh, they they've been good on defense lately. Like the last three or four weeks, they've been good on defense. Yeah, no, you're saying the Buccaneers? No, the the, the um no the the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean I I think like I keep saying Seattle feels like the better team just all the way around. Like sure. they're, we're legitimately talking about them not only winning that division but like. Are they like a sneaky NFC team all of a sudden? Is yes, Gino in the I mean, I'm, I'm all in on the Seahawks. I'm with you. I, it is. It just the, feels a little weird to me. The line moving that way is the only thing that scares me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, like it's like, all right, well, I guess if you're going to give me three with Seattle. I mean, if you're giving me three with Seattle, I'm taking Seattle for sure. 100%. 100%. I'm hammering that. Yeah. But it's, it's again, it just feels a little little, little fishy to me. It kind I, of smells. I was nervous when like the line moves in the total opposite way that I'm expecting it exactly. to. Exactly. Exactly. And so maybe, maybe it is. Maybe there's a lot of faith in the get right scenario for the Buccaneers because, I mean, this they are now back in first place in the NFC South at four and five, but still first place a very emotional win you know to get tom brady swearing at the at, at the post-game press conference and all that stuff he's hugging byron left which i mean it did feel like a little bit of an exhale type of a game for the buccaneers that they were able to walk away with that win yeah like i do wonder if it's a launch launching pad yeah exactly yeah or they, they're like okay and um if you look at the buccaneers schedule they are going to take a break so they have this game and then they're by and they know that one of the Falcons or Panthers, like the Panthers could be eliminated, or if the Panthers win, the Falcons drop a game back, right? Because they play on Thursday. So they'll have seen what how that what, how that plays out. And then the Saints, of course, who lost on Monday night, have to go play at the Steelers. Um, they could fall to three and seven. Um, you know, if you're if you're Tampa, you could conceivably wake up with a two game or no, a full game and a half lead over the Falcons. And with the the Saints and the Panthers looking like they're done, and I'll and I'll tell you this too: when you look at Tankathon, they have like the rest of strength of schedule for the remainder of the season. They have the 29th or the what is it, the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. Opponents uh, win percentage is 429. The Bucks do, yeah. 
I sort of think that it might be not a terrible bet to, I mean, two minus two twenty is probably too much to division winner. That's what it was uh, last. Yeah. Minus two twenty for the bucks. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to lay that, but I mean, like they're in a position and it, like I said, it does feel like maybe things have shifted a little bit because of that 40 seconds, but I still feel like Seattle. Okay. So 40 seconds as opposed to nine weeks of what the Seattle Seahawks have showed us. It just feels a little bit off balance. That's all I can say about that. So you could bet right now on a parlay at Caesars. And I realize not everybody can do this, but you can take the Buccaneers, Ravens, Vikings, and Chiefs to win their division, respectively. So, I mean, but I mean, feel pretty good about the Ravens. Yep. Right? Yep. Feel very good about the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Feel very good about the Chiefs. Uh, and to Tampa minus 220, that's a plus 112 parlay. That's fun. I mean, I don't hate that. I mean, no. Like the Vikings are minus three, three thousand. Like the Vikings what are. Threw, what if you threw uh, Tennessee in there? Oh, where's Tennessee? Good call. I threw the Eagles in there too. Titans in there. It's plus one eighty three. Throw the Eagles in there. Plus two forty two. Hmm. Not bad. I mean, a lot of weird things can happen down the stretch, but maybe the move is to take out the. Um, anyway, this is probably convoluted, but whatever. Um, the Ravens are the only. I mean, I think the Ravens are going to win the division, but they are a little like I, minus four fifty is pretty steep for them. Mm. right i mean if, if you really want to catapult to throw the dolphins in there kind of brace for a josh allen decision or what happens That's, with his elbow that, that, that line that line could move so quick wow it's down to four it's down to four to one yeah, already i just i just was looking at it oh man i meant to take that at plus five plus six to one last night crap um all right let's take a peek at uh um <laughs> uh, okay anyway let's move on to another game sure I'll, uh, I will, as we I'll, go down the rabbit hole. As, as, I, as I peek in my own. Oh, anyway, Bills minus six versus Vikings. Sure. Yeah. There we go. I think that could be it. We meant to do it. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't see how you don't take the Vikings in this plus six. <laughs> knowing that, like, if Josh Allen's out, this line is like Bills minus two. It's like a pick them. Right. And, and so they were saying that they were still evaluating. I think Chris Mortensen of ESPN. Had a report that it was uh, was it like a lat? It's almost like a baseball player. You know, it's like Tommy John ish. Okay, okay. And, um, and, and so you're already seeing this moving considerably because the look ahead on this was nine and a half in the favor of the Bills, and you're coming out of Sunday. It's already it already moved down to it was you know eight and a half seven, and it's it is moving considerably now in the wrong direction for Buffalo. Not to mention the fact that the Vikings have been good. You know, as much as I, I've kind yeah. of. Right. As much as I've kind of like beaten up, I feel like a little bit on Kirk Cousins and not really like having too much faith in him long term. They've played well. They can win these type of games. Last I checked, this game's at what? One o'clock. So should be fine. Like I'm, I, I think that you could very much roll with the Vikings in this one as long as it stays under seven because we still don't really know about Josh Allen. That would make me feel comfortable. Uh, He's being evaluated for a right elbow injury. To the ulnar collateral ligament, a.k.a. the UCL and the related nerves, a source told ESPN's Chris Mortensen. Sean McDermott said, we're just going through it, still evaluating it, and see where it goes. I'll know more in the next 24 hours, and then probably be able to check in with the media back on Wednesday. So uh, we record this on Tuesday on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're watching on YouTube, um, hit the like button, hit subscribe, turn on alerts, you'll be notified when we go live. Um, Alan said there's some slight pain. This is what he said after the game, but we'll get through it. I, I think there's a chance that they just could sit him for this game. 
Right. Like I mean, even if even if he's healthy, you can't you, you can't get uh you can't get your quarterback your your franchise quarterback hurt in your Super Bowl season. Like you're better off sitting him for a year, sitting a year for sitting him for a week, and then bringing him back and like letting him rest. I think. Yeah, especially when you kind of look at what their schedule is ahead too. Obviously, you know they have Cleveland, and then it's a short week on Thanksgiving against Detroit. It's you know then you get New England on a following Thursday. It just you know it's going to ramp up, and they have a little bit more critical games. This is an NFC opponent that matters. If you were to rest him. This would be the game. The rest are, you know, you have an AFC opponent, then it's a short week. Yeah, I just that might be the that might be the move there. It, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily you know turn my nose to it if that was the the course of action. Like we were saying, this team has much bigger aspirations than a beating the Vikings in week ten. It, you know, it doesn't this yeah. it need not apply. They they have they've built up enough of a record at six and two that you can roll the dice a little bit. And if that means Josh Allen's healthy the rest of the way and you can still maintain the fact that you're a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl favorite, I I wouldn't roll that out. So again, this one's worth watching. Yeah, the... Um, excuse me. The Bills have the Vikings at home, the Browns at home the following week, then a Thursday Thanksgiving game against right. at the Lions... For the at the Patriots, oh man, Jets at home, Dolphins at home. Hmm. Like those are the games you you need him for. You have to have those division games. Yeah, like if you want. I mean, like you you could still lose the. You could still end up being the two seed, and you know that's not prefer. I mean, you, the one is much more preferable to the two. Duh, but um, I, I think that you you would rather win the division than have to be find yourself as a wild card. Oh, and you're going to win the division by by like if. If you had to choose between, and I know this is kind of a tough one to do, like, but like between the one and the two, like you, you could be the two seed versus the one seed, but, but then like the, like the alternate universes, you're the wild card versus a division winner. Like I'm saying, give me the home. I want the home game and the yeah, division. I know win. what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The the home gate as opposed, you, you would value the home gate to a going on the like road more than having the buy yeah. right and i mean the reality is you've got a you've got the tiebreaker of the chiefs but like the chiefs are probably i mean you know if you if you if you press josh allen too much and he gets hurt and all yeah you get the point i mean i just think that you got to be a little careful here yeah absolutely and so th this is again one of those things if if we hear more about allen and if they do decide to do what we're kind of talking about and possibly sit him you're looking at minnesota Boy, one and a half, two. Pick That's them? what I'm saying. That's why I would take. I would take the. I would take the Vikings now. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think if Josh Allen plays, that it's going to shoot up to nine. No, I don't think it's going back. I think you're probably looking at like seven and a half. That's probably. Max. Yeah, that's probably where we're going to sit. Max. I think. I think. I think. I don't think it moves a ton. I think. I think six is baked in. Like Josh Allen's playing, but we don't know if he's completely healthy. Mm. Okay. Um. Right. I tell you what. Let's take a break, and when we come back, more. Betting trends next. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, before we move on to another game, somebody, Alex, over in the chat uh, did ask, have we talked about how ripped Kirk Cousins is? Uh, we did at some point. I think we did it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, you, okay, you and I, yeah, yeah. He's, it's, it's insane. Like, not the six-pack you would expect. No, not at all. We were talking, we were talking about him and, him and Mac Jones. Back, I guess I should say. Yeah. Right. It's not the doughboy dad bod. It is is chiseled cousins. He's he's got he's yeah, nice. I said I said I kind of expected more like Mac, um, Mac Jonesies. Yeah, no, this this he's cut Kirk. Yeah, cut Kirk, man. He's ready to go. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Nope. So they're just not gonna see. That's weird to me. That the, 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 just one more thing on the Josh Allen injury. Yeah. That they would come out on Monday and say. Uh, we're, we're just going to figure it out. I'll know more in the next 24 hours. And then, then he's like, I'll update the media on Wednesday. That like, that's feels- a long time to figure out if you're, if you're the, the MV, the leader in the MVP race and your franchise quarterback. And, um, like, like one of the three best players in professional football has like a Tommy John situation going on. Like that, that, also, that, that feels, and again, obviously we don't know anything. We're just speculating, but that feels to me when you say, oh, I'll update you in 24 hours on a Monday and saying, you're not talking to me on Wednesday. That's more than 24 hours. That feels like more tests are being done because they don't like the first tests, right? Like that feels like we need to triple check. And, and when get, somebody, when somebody's like, I'll get you an update by Wednesday. It's like, I'm like, it's like, yeah, you, you could have probably could have just updated me on Tuesday because you're not like, because you're, you're, bu- you're not getting like, you're not you're like, uh, you know, just let us know whenever you find out, doc, like no big deal. Like we're not really not in a rush to find out if this guy's okay. What, well, that, like, what? That's no. exactly what we're saying. Like, it's, it's not like the bills are like, oh, you can only get an appointment on Tuesday at four. All right. Just take that and sit in the waiting room and you'll be fine. This has already happened. All these exams are already going, going on. This guy yeah. was this guy was under the like under the microscope nonstop from like so, like the end of that game Sunday until month like I mean they're like you get those tests done immediately and you exactly. know and so if you if you're worried it's a UCL injury didn't had he had a did he have a um I swear that he had a, a, a previous UCL injury I'm gonna see if I can find it sometimes um, Giraffe Sharks has oh yeah he had an arm elbow sprain in 2018. Josh Allen arm injury 2018. Sorry, I don't know. I'm supposed to be Googling stuff, but I wanted to know. Now, yeah, you know what? We'll figure it out later. Anyway, I just, I just, um, I was on Jim, Jim Rome's show on Monday, and he would point out that the, um, like the, the, the injury site, like the pro football doc, you know, and, and he's yep. like, I'm, Rome was pointing, he's like, I'm an investor in it, just full disclosure, but like he said, the, the video that they saw, 
It made them extremely concerned for what could be the issue with that injury. Talking about blowing up the entire market if something a little bit more serious happens. Right. Then all of a sudden, like Mahomes and because if Allen were to miss any time at all, that Miami pick for the division is is live. Miami becomes like two to one. Yeah. Um, Brian Jay has an interesting theory here. I don't know much about the injury, but my theory is he got injured against Green Bay. And if he sat against the Jets, it wouldn't have progressed to the grieving needing surgery. Now that's we don't want to no, don't post don't post that coming up, but because I don't want to like, get sued by somebody. But I, I I agree. I think there's a you know the way he was holding it is just very concerning. Mm. Um, man, think about it like this. This is this is again. It's it's tough to compare how each team handles injuries differently. But we heard about. Aaron Jones and Gary in the matter of 12 hours from the Green Bay Packers after. Good news and bad news. Good news for Aaron Jones that he's probably going to be fine, could play this week. Gary out for the season. Josh Allen is more important than those players, I would say, just because of the position that he plays. And they're just a little bit close to the vest. That's a little concerning for me. That, That tells me, or my instincts go up and say, they're doing multiple rounds of tests because... There, there's. If they saw everything was fine, then you'd say, "Okay, we're done. We're good." See, and this is the tweet that got my they got my antenna up on it too. And I, not to belabor the point on Josh Allen, but um, this is Ian Rappaport. Josh Allen is likely to be limited this week because of an elbow injury suffered late in Sunday's loss. But as of now, it's considered a situation to monitor rather than ailment that would keep him out of the game. So to say, he's still undergoing tests to be sure. Then you have Chris Mortensen, who, by the way, is very close to Josh Allen's camp. Um, he, he, he was, I mean, he's just been, he's been right on everything, um, that everything about Josh Allen, uh, and see sports injury central, I guess, is the SI score. Trusty, do I need to be logged into this to, to get the, I mean, a, a UCL sprain right elbow. I mean, that's a problem. Mm. Okay. Anyway, moving on real quickly though. Let's just play the game here. Allen's out this week. We do get Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, what about revenge? Revenge. Oh, my God. I mean, you know. Was that revenge or is that revenge for the Vikings? See, I don't know. I'm I'm like, this is the Miami Miracle, Bizarro World Multiverse thing going on. That's kind of what it feels like. Interesting. That is, yeah. It's like, I don't know how that revenge works. It's a good call, though. Uh, Yeah, so Alan skipped the ball on the next play. Interesting stuff. it, It is something to monitor. I find the timeline to be very bizarre. And it gets my antenna up after having done this long, long enough. Where like when the team, you know, he's going to be limited, and they're we'll see what they say about it on Wednesday. I wouldn't be surprised if he's ruled out and late so if, in the week. And so, if this thing goes back up, like if we hear, like, where are you at in terms of betting this at the moment? Right now, it's what, I would bet six? the Vikings right now. Bet the Vikings. I kind of want to bet the Vikings right now. Take the points with the Vikings. If this thing goes. I mean, how, it would have to swing. It would have to swing all the way in in Minnesota's favor for you to at all think about the Bills at this point, right? You would have to be getting points for Buffalo, or if this was even money, if would I had you Minnesota, feel... if I had Minnesota plus six, and Case Keenum was announced as the starter, and it was a pick 'em or Minnesota minus one, that I would probably take Buffalo. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the and, same and just have that window, and just like have the window where I, I can't lose. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a seven-point window where if it's a three-point game, which the Vikings have played these one-score games all the time, then all of a sudden you feel um, pretty good about 
I mean, they needed, what, a 13-point rally to beat Taylor Heineke? I mean, a Ken Dorsey-led you know, Dorsey offense with Case Keenum, who I guess, you know, we already know he has a report, Steph Diggs. All right, like, you know, you could, there's a conversation there. Oh, the Bills can still win the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, that's why you don't risk Josh Allen if you think you can win it with Steph Diggs. I mean, with, uh, with Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, moving along. Cowboys, minus five at the Packers. Wow. Imagine telling somebody this before the season. I was I was telling I was doing a radio hit. I think it was with Darren Smith in um, San Diego, and I was like, I think next year before the season, I'm gonna I'm gonna look I'm gonna try and find. Maybe we'll do this for the podcast. Well, we definitely do it for the podcast. But like, try and find like ten just outrageous scenarios. Like, come up with like the like, and we'll when we'll score it. And like, each person comes up with ten like just like idiotic like scenarios. Whether it could be like the Jets go six and three, you know, like yep. or like. The Cowboys are favored in Green Bay in week 10 in Mike McCarthy's first return to Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, but Rodgers is healthy. If I told you that before the season, you'd be like, well, that's just, you know, you'd be like, that's not true. Right. You would say. You wouldn't believe, you would would be like, that is an idiot. That's an idiot idea. I would believe you more if you said that Sean Payton was the head coach at this point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I think, like, I mean, I I don't even know that I could have, like, conceivably come up with that. I know, right? Like that's that's what's gonna, that would be interesting. That'd be an interesting exercise. But I could, but like I could, I don't know if my brain would be able to get to Cowboys favored in Green Bay in Week Ten. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Every like, I mean that's that's a it's a it's a bridge too far. And yet, not only are they favored, Sully, the line is moving in their direction as we as I predicted on Sunday when talking with uh, Breach in the early odds. This was four and a half. It's now five. The total is forty three. I mean, any, uh, I mean, this is clearly a revenge game for Mike McCarthy, right? Or is it a re- yeah. revenge game for Aaron Rodgers? I, I don't know who, who it's a revenge for. Probably Mike McCarthy more than anything going back into Lambeau. But this is emotional Mike McCarthy, by the way. This is just what Vegas and the odds makers are telling you. They have given up on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. They Correct. may have been holding out hope because weren't they, they were favored going against Detroit, right? So, in De- you know they were favored in Detroit, right? I'm Correct. not making that up, right? It was like three and a half. Yeah, they're definitely favored. Yeah, and and so you know at that point, I think they're like, you know what, this thing's let's mail it in. This thing's toast. Rogers can't figure it out. Three interceptions in the red zone, two of them in the end zone last week, and like we were talking about yesterday, I mean, a couple of those, specifically the one to Bakhtiari, that was all on Rogers. He just couldn't physically get the ball to where it needed to go. He was just short on it. And so when you see stuff like that, and then you see reports of him dealing with the right thumb injury, he's out on Wednesdays, blah, blah, blah. Your your antennas go up more than just, oh, okay, they're missing Devontae Adams. He's not making throws at certain points, which is concerning, and they're not running the offense like we were discussing. Well, they're, um, yeah, they're negative, yeah. By the way, that's uh, if, if you're if you're interested in a deeper dive on the Packers, yeah, uh, with somebody who covers them and watches like every play fifty times a week, um, check out Monday's show with Aaron Nagler, myself, and uh, Sully uh, doing the, the press coverage show. And you have a, a a Packers team that are it's one and two against the spread at home. Dallas, they're coming off the bye. They're a league best six and two against the spread. They're also six and one in their last seven road games against the spread. This. Just feels like this. The bottom could really fall out. If it didn't fall out last week in Detroit, it could really blow doors against the Cowboys this week at home. Which we've already seen them lose to the New York Jets. So I mean, like, it's not like Lambeau Field has become this place where they turn into a different team. They can very much be had here. Absolutely. Um, looking at the uh, Ben Baldwin does you know the the 
the NFL, the tiers weekly by like EPA per play, you know, with offense on the, you know, the uh, defense vertically, um, access, defense vertical axis, offense horizontal axis. Cowboys are just slightly below average on offense in terms of their EPA per play, but way up there uh, in terms of defense. One of the four best teams um, in terms of defensive EPA, EPA per play. The Packers are like slightly below average on defense and behind the Titans and Cardinals and Bucks and dead even with the Jets in terms of offensive EPA. They're just not a very good team. Like in this quadrant, this bottom left quadrant, the Bears are not there. The Raiders are not there. The Falcons are not there. Um, it's the Lions who are just terrible on defense. And the Lions, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Steelers, the Texans, and the Panthers. That's where they live right now. Yeah. Now they're closer to getting into another, like they're, Closer to a, a better quadrant than some of the other teams, but they're just not very good. And they're facing a Dallas team that I just feel like has the ability. I mean, we saw this before against Chicago. They have the ability to just run away with things. 50, 49 points. They can drop 50 on you in a hat, on, on the turn of a hat. And you have Dak Prescott, who is now not only has games under him since returning, but he has a full week of rest coming off the bye. I mean, it just feels like, and, and possibly even Zeke Elliott after two weeks off could be a could be a tough day for them because the biggest thing for, for me outside of Aaron Rodgers and the offensive struggles are you can run on the Packers. You can run on this team. Mm-hmm. So this could be a big Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott type of game on top of what we see. From Dak, C.D. Lamb, Schultz, and and you go down the list there. This could be a big Zeke and Pollard game too. Yeah, it feels like they could lean into the run, pound the ball, force Aaron Rodgers to be one dimensional. He suddenly, you know, Michael Parsons is, um, you know, like, well, if Aiden Hutchinson is making plays, what's Michael Parsons going to do? I mean, he's just going to wreck the game. He's going to thrash him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's. It's going to get ugly, potentially. I don't see how I could take the Packers here. It's like, you know, it was like, I guess the Packers did cover against the Bills, didn't they? Yeah, but that was what? uh, Was it 11? 10 and a half? It was like 13. Or was it 13, really? So, I mean, you know, we're talking about five points. And again, you know, albeit, you know, they were on the road and all that. Now they're at home, but still. Five point. I'll lay five points. The the Cowboys should win this by a touchdown. I I can't imagine that this turns into any sort of a field goal type of game. Yeah, I mean it's just especially with Romeo Dobbs now out. Aaron Jones expected to play. play, I think, but 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 dinged up. Yeah, you kind of run on the Cowboys too. If they if they were to like lean in and just pound the ball and like actually do what you know Nagler said they should do, then maybe they can run the ball effectively. Um, they just haven't, they've just refused to do that to this point. So it's tough to keep saying if they do this, if they do this, if they right, do this, exactly. they're why telling they, you they're not doing something it. going to start now. Exactly. All right. Let's, let's take a look at, I keep going back and forth. Our, our boss, Eric K is complaining that we didn't talk about anyway. Um, I don't need to complain about him. Nobody cares about him. Colts at the Raiders Raiders now minus six and a half over under 42 and a half. That line has moved half a point. Finally. Uh, on the news that Jeff Saturday is the coach of the um, Indianapolis Colts. We don't know yet who is going to call plays because there's nobody on the roster or the coaching staff who's ever called plays before, which is a thing I'm pretty sure we've said on this podcast 17 times in the last 48 hours. Never, nevertheless, 
Uh, It's worth repeating because it's not only this. Not only are we talking about not having an offensive play caller, but it's not like Matt Ryan's the quarterback either who has decades of experience. He can kind of do it by himself. You're talking about Sam Ellinger, who's what? This is going to be his third start? It's not like you have a veteran in there that could kind of run things on his own. You're green all over the place on offense in terms of play calling. Oh, there's a good point. Uh, I, 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 at the Honest NFL, uh, this would be our pal Ryan Wilson. Um, he said Scott Milanovic called the plays of Jacksonville after Hackett was fired. So I don't know why people are saying there's nobody with experience doing it on the Colts staff. If if he's got if if you got anybody with experience calling any plays, you got to be the play caller. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I don't think they've announced yet as of you know, Tuesday afternoon as we're recording this. If there's going to be somebody who is going to call the plays, that would make sense, though. I like the idea of Reggie Wayne calling plays. <laughs> sure. Jeff Saturday, Reggie Wayne just marching up and down the field. Well, I'll tell you a, a different kind of storyline that I'm, I'm watching for this game. Obviously, everybody's watching Jeff Saturday. How's this Colts Frankenstein kind of coaching staff going to work itself out? But for me, I'm concerned for Josh McDaniels because what happens – if Jeff Saturday beats him, what happens if all of a sudden, like we saw last week, where it kind of felt like they were going to get right against Jacksonville, they blow a 17-point lead, and then all of a sudden you're talking about another coach very much on the hot seat. I, just, I, know, I, mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, it's like Wilson said last night um, after re- recapping Monday Night Football. It's like, how can you – you know, you can't lose – if you're Josh McDaniels, you can't lose to – the team that you ditched who just fired the guy who replaced you with Jeff Saturday with no, no re- reasonable play call. No, nobody with any reasonable play calling experience and at home as a seven point favorite against Sam Ellinger. It, it, like you just can't, you can't lose this game. And I'll tell you, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I like the Raiders in this spot. I don't know if I'd be laying six points here to be perfectly honest with you, but I don't see that happening, but it's one thing that I'm watching because if the doors fall off and just everything goes awry and, and this this whole thing kind of rebounds in favor of the Colts, Josh McDaniels is in a lot of trouble. That dude's a lot, in a lot, a lot of, trouble. of trouble. But I'll say this. The, the Raiders defensively should be able to match up well. We saw the Patriots absolutely maul them last week. Matt Judon was an absolute force. I think they had, what, nine sacks in the game? It was just an onslaught. Max Crosby can be a similar type of impact player that Matt Judon was and wreck the game defensively. The Colts are absolute crap. I mean, along the offensive line and, and, you know, Ellinger just, this could be, this should be a game that they get right, the Raiders. It's just a very interesting scenario because of how poorly they've played so far. Uh, Yeah, I think, is it, um, are the Colts getting revenge on McDaniels or is McDaniels getting revenge on the Colts? A lot of double revenge games this week. Yeah, it's but it's and also I got one revenge game last week. Now I got to parse which revenge, which side of the revenge. We don't even know rolling. what the revenge is for, though. At certain points, it's like, well, I guess McDaniel's could have gone. It's just McDaniel's left him at the altar, so the Colts should be trying to get revenge. The Colts on McDaniels. should be mad. Yeah, like Jim Dorsey definitely hates Josh McDaniel's. Sure, absolutely. And Chris Ballard probably does too. But I don't. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like Josh McDaniel's could be like. Getting some revenge? I don't know. Uh, I, I think, just like, haha! I, I am good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what that. I don't know if that's revenge or if it's just a little, little va- vanity. Spite. I don't know. Well, there's spite. It's like, hey, like, yeah. 
Like, oh yeah, you. I, I don't. It's, look, it doesn't have to be revenge. It can be just be spite. Sure. All right. <laughs> too much going on here. Um, the uh, finally, let's talk MVP odds and offensive rookie of the year odds. Looking at these future bets. MVP is interesting because you can't price out Josh Allen. Like he has to stay where he was. But I'll tell you what, did it flip? Because I'm seeing Mahomes now. Was Mahomes, Mahomes always- now the favorite at two to yeah. one? Allen plus two twenty five. Jalen Hurts plus two fifty. Lamar all the way up to nine to one after the Ravens won um, against the uh, Saints on Monday night. Two a down. Wow, two a down from twenty to one to fifteen to one today. Mm. Jared Burrow, 20 to 1. Geno Smith, 25 to 1. He's in the mix. He's just in the mix, people. Um, and then it basically a huge drop off after that, where you have Cousins and Herbert at 50 to 1, Dak and Tyreek at 100 to 1, Tom Brady at 100 to 1, Justin Jefferson, 125, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, none of these guys. I don't think anybody down past, I would consider. Tyreek at 100 to 1. I know I was, I was just going to bring that up. That's exactly who I was. Last night, and they were like, that's your chain. I'm like, look, I mean, if I mean, Tyreek, yes, it's, it's he's a wide receiver. So, yes, it is insane for that respect because the MVP is a quarterback but award. You could easily make the case that it's like people will look at what the Dolphins did and say it's because they added Tyreek. Like, I th- I'm with you. I think that if you are going to give two a tongue of ILO votes, they actually should be Tyreek Hill votes because. The reason why Tua is having the year that he has is because of Tyreek Hill being in that offense. And if he has, um, by the way, Offensive Player of the Year award, Tyreek Hill's got to be he's not even on the list. What I was going to say he should be smashing that. I, I was, I was, just, I was going to see if he's anything above ten to one. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, three to one. Yes, can't do that. Although, I mean, you could argue he's going to cruise that. I uh, mean, Jalen we're Hurts talking also- about a guy that could conceivably break the all-time receiving yards record this year and the all-time reception yards record in a single mm-hmm. season. I mean, he's he's on track for at least one of those and in the ballpark for the other. If he does that and the Dolphins win the division, I don't know. Again, he's a wide receiver. This is a quarterback award. But that would be the closest thing I think we would get since Derrick Henry a couple of years ago. It's just like you could... Like did did Cooper Cup get more votes than Matthew Stafford last year? Uh, probably. MVP? Let me look at twenty. Probably. And it's a similar kind of thing. I mean, I, you know, it's Tua is he's not doing what Patrick Mahomes did for a great example last week against Tennessee. It's Rodgers got thirty nine, Brady got ten, Cooper Cup got one, Matthew Stafford got zero. Okay. So, and now that's the talk. But now here's the here's the catch: is that and the problem is like. Tyreek, Jalen Hurts has to fall off some. Yeah. Mahomes has to sort of struggle down the stretch. Like, I think that there's a case to be made where if Hurts doesn't finish the way he started, like Hurts is Hurts would be my MVP right now. Yep. If Josh Allen's hurt, Hurts kind of struggles, and Mahomes is like just fine, that you could see the case being made for Tyreek Hill in a season where there's just not a ton of great quarterback play. Right, and and so the thing is for yeah, me, and obviously, two, and two is miss games. Yeah, I mean he's what? Well, that's that's true too. I know if you're making the case for if you're making the case for Tyree Kill, he's maintained his production pretty much, right? 
Yeah. No matter who's his, who his quarterback's been. So that will almost help his MVP com, you know, candidacy, if, if you will. But I would say probably Jalen Hurts is going to be a tough one to beat, like you're saying, because if all of a sudden they, I mean, they mess around and they're like, you know, 17 and 0 or 16 and 1. Or even 14 and 3. I mean, that number Hertz, one Hertz seed by win, a mile. Right? I mean, I have Hurts preseason, so I'm not going to be dabbling in it, you know. Yep. Oh, wait, hold on. We just got to. Oh. Right, here we go. Okay. Colts interim head coach Jeff Saturday is expected to have 30 year old pass game specialist, assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier serve as the offensive play caller starting Sunday against the Raiders. Sources tell me in rap sheet, according to Tom Pelissero. Okay. 30 year old. Sure. Sure. Does he have experience? Fine. Whatever. Or, 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 I mean, or they just, he has any experience. Or, or, they view, or they view him as just an interesting offensive mind. Fine. Uh, but I mean, I wonder how much that's going to. Will this impact the line at all? I mean, I don't know. I think it's nah, going to stay so. the same. I think it's going it, to like this isn't really going to do too much for me. I mean, this is wild. It's insane. <laughs> I just we got to figure out what top, what Parks Frazier's uh, experience is real quick. Let's just um, let's see. He was at uh uh, he was at Sanford in 2015 as a defensive quality control assistant, Middle Tennessee State, Arkansas State, joined Indianapolis Colts as assistant to the head coach. So he's Dwight. He's Dwight Schrute <laughs> for two years. Well, offensive quality control in 2020, assistant quarterbacks coach in 2021, pass game specialist, assistant quarterbacks coach in 2022. Man. Okay. Interesting, interesting times in Indy. Oh, he did work with Phillip Rivers in 2020. They go well. Mm. They're, they're like in 2020, he assisted with the offense. They like mentioned Philip Rivers how well he played. Okay, that's quite the. Uh, look, I'm not. I don't want to question the guy. Right. You know, obviously, we don't. Nobody knows. I mean, he, I'm sure he doesn't even really know. But it just feels like there's just way too much. He's born in 1991. So, so he's like a little older. He's a little older than me. <laughs> Yeah, he's 30. <laughs> and I wouldn't no, run no, it no, off. You're not, I wait. shouldn't run an offense. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, he's got, like, an active Twitter account. You know, <laughs> that's that's how, like. <laughs> he had top friends once in MySpace. Like, he's he's right there. No, he, yeah, yeah, he's um, he's no, he never had MySpace. That's the thing. It's like, he's, like, too young to have MySpace. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. All right, sure. All right, finally, Let's talk uh, Offensive Player of the Year, as we mentioned. Oh, no, Offensive Rookie of the Year, excuse me. Oh, they actually have Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year up. Kenneth Walker, the favorite, at minus 110. Damian Pierce, plus 160. Chris Olave, 9-1. to one. Garrett Wilson, 16-1. to one. Drake London, 25-1. to one. Brian Robinson, 25-1. to one. Wandale, 25-1. to one. George Pickens, 33-1. to one. I remember when George Pickens was like 8-1 to one before the season. Uh, and then Pickett, Pacheco. Rashad White, Bailey Zappi. I don't see a whole lot of love on here. Any thoughts on uh, offensive rookie of the year? I think these have been pretty volatile from week to week. Oh, they've so, been flying all over the place. So you can there are there. I think that there is a little bit of value. The first I'll go, and it's not as obviously as much value, but nine to one for Chris Olave. I yeah, think Olave really, stood out to me. Really interesting. Nine targets last night, over seventy yards. He, with Michael Thomas now officially out for the year, he is someone who's going to get a ton of volume. And if he starts just, you know, piling up stats, he's somebody that is is really interesting to me. The other one 
is I, I think George Pickens at 33 to one is is interesting this, because they're on the bye last week. And I think everybody's kind of sleeping on it and they lose Chase Claypool or they trade away Chase Claypool, opening up more targets. I think Claypool was averaging around six targets a game. If he takes half of those and already kind of has that rapport with Kenny Pickett, he has the talent to go on a pretty significant run down the stretch. Sure. And especially when we envision what Pittsburgh may be trailing and at, at some point in all of their games. So they're going to be chucking it all over the field. George Pickens to me is interesting because this feels like an award that whoever's going to win it is going to win it in the, the final six weeks. Like, you know, yeah, they have to build a foundation prior to that. Well, we, you saw, I mean, hot, we saw it where Jamar Chase flipped it last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, the like Mac Jones was rolling and, 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 and he completely flipped it on him. So, yeah, I think it needs to be somebody. I also think it needs to be the only downside with um, Pickens is you can win this award without your team being great. Like, like we've seen. But you have to put up. I think if you're going to make a push at the end of the year, it helps to make a push. That yeah. get, like like Jamar Chase's monster game came against the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. You know they they steal the division. Yada yada yada. Like like all that stuff helps in a big way. So so there is maybe that narrative there with the Lave. Not so much. Maybe Garrett Wilson too. Yep. Yep. I, I, but not 61. so much. Obviously not so much Pickens. But Alave. I mean that division. Everybody's under 500. I know yeah. they lost last night, but like. New Orleans could easily be the team that rises to the top, and if Alave is their leading receiver and he's blowing doors, then that's that's interesting right now at nine to one. I believe it was like eight to one last night too, so it's actually moved in the other. Oh, direction. you know, I'll tell you who's a sneaky one. Oh, this is all right, this is this is the bet I would make. Sure, Isaiah likely a hundred to one. Ooh, what if Mark Andrews is like banged up and misses a ton of time, and Isaiah likely becomes his focal point for the Ravens' offense at tight end. Yeah, especially when there was already kind of like a preseason. I mean, he caught a touchdown last night and didn't really move because it's like already. I actually don't think that. I mean, this is dumb. Kenneth Walker minus one ten is. I, I don't wouldn't. I don't want to. You know, we're nine weeks into the season. There's so much time left, and you never know. I mean, that's yeah. An, like I mean, that's, one injury. I'm not, this, take, yeah, I'm not taking that weeks. for injury just purposes alone. Exactly. Exactly. It's but it does feel like he could, if he play if he plays the entire season, it feels like he could like run away with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, that is it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the Brady Quinn Football Show. We'll decide what charity Brady will be donating another $1,000 to for the Jets uh, victory. I think it's up to $4,000. That, that is a tough look. I mean, right? I mean, hey, listen, that's great. It's going to charity and everything. But I'm sure Brady's happy to do it. But at the same time, he's like, I think he's probably thinking he was going to have to worry like about like giving away $2,000 or $3,000 right. like, for the year. It's like... <laughs> A lot of game left, buddy. <laughs> uh, for Sully, I'm Renson. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.